here from Sage Investors and I'm here to do a quick mind map analysis of energy exchange traded funds. Uh, this video can also be listened to in podcast format. Uh, you can download it also uh, through my website sageinvestors.ca or you can go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe uh, to my podcast there, Stock Talk. So Oil prices have been just getting schmucked lately. Uh, the whole oil uh, market, uh, energy market, has really, really taken a bit of a dive uh, in the last few months. Uh, oil prices have fallen. They were up uh, in the mid-70s, and as I'm talking right now, um, prices are now down near $50. And so with the prices coming down so dramatically, and also the fact that energy stocks have also been coming down. I thought, you know what, this might be a really interesting time to um, to get some more exposure to the whole energy market, uh, to energy stocks, to oil and gas stocks. And uh, right now, given where I'm doing right now, I'm pretty... Uh, I just don't have as much time right now to, to devote to analyzing individual oil stocks. So I thought the best way for me to get some quick uh, exposure at a cheap price would be through using exchange-traded funds, using ETFs. So what I've done here is what I did was essentially try to pick out a few ETFs and evaluate them according to uh, a different bunch of uh, criteria. And uh, so what I'm going to do here is kind of go through my quick analysis of, uh, of a couple of ETFs that I've, po uh, that I've picked out and try to see if uh, anything stands out and um, seems worthy of something that I may want to add to my own personal portfolios. Now, the criteria that I use to evaluate them are pretty much similar to our, uh, for those of you who have taken my How to Invest in ETF course, online course, you'll know that um, we go through and I teach people how to evaluate ETFs according to these criteria. And essentially, I'm just going to put those elements into practice uh, by evaluating these uh, set of uh, energy ETFs. So let's just jump right into it. So I picked out three different kinds of ETFs uh, out there. One is the iShares product uh, that's available here in Canada, ticker symbol XEG. And the other one is the uh, the U.S. Uh, U.S. ETF, um, the Spider um, uh, S&P 500 Energy ETF ticker symbol XLE, and then the final one is ticker symbol USO, which is a uh, which is uh, uh, run managed by the USO Oil Fund, and it's a little bit different in, in that sense. So it's, they're three they're three very different type of ETFs. So let's take a look at them, see what we can learn about them, and see if any of them possess present uh, interesting investing opportunities. So, so let's start off with the uh, the iShares uh, Canadian uh, Energy ETF ticker symbol XEG. Now, as I said this is a Canadian ETF. It basically tries to track the performance of the. Uh, oops, let's just move that over. Tries to track the model, the performance of the uh, S and P. TSX uh, capped energy index. 
So it's a very pa it's a passively managed fund. It try it holds the same tries to hold the same stocks that are within the index. Uh, in terms of costs, they are the management expense ratio. You might see you might hear that term. Uh, they charge um, the cost associated with this. The ETF is zero point six two percent, which is usually pretty high. Which is pretty high for an ETF. And especially a passively managed one, but you'll know, and this is something I, I get into more depth uh, in my course, that when you start getting into more specialized, sector-oriented type uh, ETFs, the costs tend to be a little bit higher than owning a broad-based ETF that would invest in the S&P 500 or something like that. So uh, it's high, but it's within the realm of uh, um, reasonableness uh, on a comparative basis. Uh, in terms of Liquidity. Another thing we want to take a look at with an ET with the ETFs are liquidity. How off, how much they trade, how frequently they trade. Because ultimately, we want to invest in in ETFs that are highly liquid, that um, have very much more accurate pricing, don't have a lot of volatile swings in pricing. We want stability in terms of how the the the, the fund is is trading. And so, the XEG. In terms of size, it's about it has about a 730 million in assets, uh, in uh, is invested in it, and on average it trades about 1.3 million shares a day, which is um, pretty good for a Canadian product because uh, the Canadian market is not as doesn't the the volume trading volumes in the Canadian stock market um, is not the same. Uh, it pales in comparison to, to to the U.S. market or even other markets in in Europe and Asia. So, uh, 1.3 million is actually a pretty. I was actually quite surprised to see it trade that much. Um, in terms of the makeup of the portfolio, uh, we want to take a look and see how diversified the portfolio is. Is it is it concentrated into a uh, a bunch of stocks, or is it you know ultimately you know ultimately we want to invest in a very diverse as diversified a portfolio as we can to to manage the volatility that can occur within the markets um, and in the portfolio. So when I took a look at the XEG, I was uh, again surprised to see that almost forty eight percent of the portfolio was concentrated in two stocks. Um, the CNQ, which is Canadian Natural Resources, and Suncor. <laughs> These two stocks basically make up over half the portfolio. So from that perspective, it's a very concentrated portfolio, and essentially the, the, the direction of the, of, the, of the ETF is really driven by how these two stocks do. Um, so that's, that's one side of it. The final area variable we want to take a look at is the tracking area, which is which we want to see. We want to see ultimately we want to invest in ETFs that generate returns that are as close as possible to the index that it's trying to uh, model or mirror. Because if it isn't, that means there's some kind of inefficiencies in how that index is being or how that ETF is being managed. And to make a you know to make it things really simple. Um, when you have when you have an ETF that has a very lower tracking error, it means that 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 ETF is essentially leaving money on the table. Um, and as investors, we don't want to leave money on the table. As we want to put more money in our pocket and less money on the table for somebody else. So in terms of tracking error, uh, I determined I calculated that the XEG has an 88% tracking error rate, which means uh, you know, for every dollar return, one percent return that the S and P uh, index is 
generating, it's generating, you know, 88% of that. So what that tells me, there's a little bit of leakage going on here in, in, in the XEG portfolio. So that's the iShares, the Canadian version of the iShares uh, Energy uh, Select uh, ETF. The second one I want to take a look at here is the Amer is an American ETF. It's a very common ETF called the uh, Spider S&P 500 Energy ETF, ticker symbol XLE. Um, essentially what it does is it tries to copy or mirror the behavior of the energy sub-index of the S&P 500. So all the energy stocks that are in the S&P 500, it tries to model the performance of those stocks within that within the S&P 500. So it's a passively managed portfolio as well. So whatever is in the S&P component, energy component is what the XLE is going to own. In terms of uh, costs, the XLE is really cheap. Um, it charges 0.13% um, uh, in terms of uh, management expense ratio. Its management expense ratio is uh, 0.13, which is very, very low, um, especially for a, for a sector-oriented kind of ETF, pretty low. And, uh, and obviously, because it's so low, it's extremely popular. Um, the fund itself, the ETF itself, has about $15 billion in it. 15 billion with a B. And on average, it trades about 20 million shares a day. So this is an extremely popular, um, an extremely popular uh, ETF, especially most, of, I would say, most of the, the volume that comes from this and most of the money that's held inside of this is coming from institutions, from professional traders, um, hedge funds, uh, they use the XLE to get that quick energy exposure, that oil exposure, um, if they want to have that within their portfolios. So uh, it's a huge fund. So you know, comparing this to the to the XEG, it's like you know, apples and oranges from that side of it. Um, when we looked at the portfolio makeup of of the uh, of the XLE, I was expecting it to be a little bit more diverse, but I was really surprised to see that. Over 50% of the uh, of the portfolio is also tied up in two stocks, and th those two stocks are ExxonMobil and Chevron. So again, a very concentrated for it's a very concentrated um, portfolio, uh, and the fact that most of the val most of the money is invested in two stocks means essentially the nature of where Exxon and Chevron go is going to drive the way the this ETF is going to go. In terms of uh, tracking error, uh, I calculated the tracking error for XLE to be uh, about 96%. So it tracks very closely, much very closely to to the uh, to the S&P 500 energy sub-index uh, side of it. So that's the XLE um, product. Extremely popular, very proper, very popular, very liquid, and very cheap. Now, finally, I thought I'd take a look at another different kind of ETF, and this is uh, run by the USO Oil Fund, ticker symbol USO. This is a little bit different in the sense their mandate is to track the price is 
is essentially it doesn't own it doesn't own any stocks. It what it tries to do is literally track the price of oil. More specifically, the West Texas intermediate inter, intermediate um, price. So essentially, if the WTI price goes up five percent, then the value of this ETF goes up five percent. Um, so what it does is it doesn't own a stocks. It basically what it goes out and does is it goes out and buys futures contracts on oil. So what's unique about this ETF is that if you just wanted to, if you didn't want to um, invest in companies, oil companies, but you just wanted to invest in the physical commodity of oil, the USO can do that, allows you to do that by essentially tracking the price of oil. Um, and it does that by buying futures contracts. And ultimately, um, if the USO decided to actually let the contracts run, then at some point they would actually take delivery of, of the oil um, at, a, at the specific prices that they, that they uh, you know, purchased the contracts on. So when we look at the XEG and the XLE, they are invested in oil and gas businesses, while the USO is really invested in oil. And so, and that's kind of the cool thing with ETFs is in some cases, especially with the commodity-based ETFs, is that you can invest in a basket of commodity-based companies, or you can just buy the actual physical, invest in the actual physical commodity itself. And so the USO is, gives you that kind of option if you wanted to invest directly into owning oil. Um, so let's take a look at some of the other factors, other uh, data points for it. So it's actively, so it's... It's passively managed in the sense that it, it essentially just tracks the price of oil, it tracks the price of the WTI. From an expense perspective, uh, it comes in at 0.76%. So it's, it's, it's much more expensive to hold. And I think part of, that, part of that has to do with the fact that we're talking about um, a lot of derivative kind of... Um, decisions that are being made there's a little bit more derivatives involved in the management of the of the portfolio and that kind of feeds into a higher um, expense ratio in terms of uh, liquidity it on average it's a it's a very it trades a lot and on average they trade about 25 million shares a day so there's a lot of volume trading volume that takes place around the uso just in the same space as the xle uh, from that again, because there's a lot of people out there, institutional investors, pension funds, hedge funds, that are trading, and even just you know commodities traders. Well, instead of just going dealing with individual companies and stocks, just want to have a pure exposure to the, just want to trade on the oil price. Um, the USO is a great way to do that, and so that's why there's a lot of trading volume behind it. Uh, and finally. In terms of tracking error, uh, the USO hack, uh, comes in at 99.6%. Um, so it is very, very tight in the sense that um, the returns through the USO track very, very closely um, to the returns of, uh, of the WTI. So it's, it's a very efficient and and that's probably a big reason why it's so popular is it is it is it tracks very closely to to the commodity price 
uh, around it. So those are the three ETFs I took a look at. Now, in terms of, okay, like, well, you know, that's, that's a, next step is just to try to figure out, you know, is anything here worth buying, uh, picking up? So, and this is kind of where we now do the, the comparative analysis of, of the three and see, you know, which one kind of stands out as, as a better investment opportunity. So, you know, the fact of the matter is they're all actively passed. They're passively managed portfolios. Um, if we were to look at it from a cost perspective, the XLE is like hands down the cheapest one out there. Um, Liquidity-wise, uh, um, the XLE again, you know, trades 20 million shares a day, 15 billion in assets. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty liquid. Same with the USO at the same time. Again, 25 million shares a day, highly liquid. So much, much more accurate price discovery you're going to get out of these uh, those two ETFs. The XEG, not even though it trades quite a bit for a Canadian ETF or a Canadian stock, um, you know it's it pales compared to the U.S. Uh, component, um, U.S.-based ETFs. Um, the in terms of uh, the portfolio makeup, these one uh, I think really what kind of threw me for a loop was how concentrated uh, these portfolios were, and I think that kind of turned me off in the sense that. If over half your portfolio is concentrated in a couple of stocks, that's a bit of a flag in the sense that ultimately the price and the value of that ETF is going to be determined by just a couple of those two stocks, essentially. And the fact that you're paying you know, fees to own this, you're, it's actually cheaper for you to just go and buy those individual stocks instead of owning a whole ton of different risky assets. Why not just own buy those two stocks from that side of it. So from a portfolio perspective, makeup perspective, um, the XEG and the XLE, you know, the fact that they're very concentrated doesn't, that, that didn't appeal to me. And then finally, when we look at from a tracking error perspective, the, uh, the XLE and uh, the USO are much, much more tighter and much more, seem to be much more efficient portfolios in terms of tracking the performance uh, relative to the indexes that they're, they're, they're modeling against. So at the end of the day, um, that's kind of the tail of the tape of these, of these three ETFs. So what did I do? So what decision did I make? Um, if I were to make a decision about what I wanted to, you know, would I buy any of these? I think right now I would probably lean toward the XLE um, purely because it's the cheapest one out there. It's, you know, it's the cheapest one out there. It's highly liquid and it has a pretty good tracking area. But the thing I think where I, again, I stop, where it kind of stops me is just this whole concentration side. The fact that the, you know, these two stocks make up over half the, half the portfolio, that kind of concerns me. And then there's another element too, um, that also, uh, would hold me back a little bit. And that's the fact that it's a U.S. base. You know, I'm up here in Canada, so, that, you know, I would have to buy it in U.S. dollars. So for me, there's also that other element of, uh, of currency risk that I have to kind of factor into uh, my tolerance, my comfort level uh, with the currency side of it. So, um, so there's that side of it. And then there's also the whole issue of, you know what, if I don't want this... Um, 
if I just want to own the oil and not incur any of this business risk, because this is essentially what you're paying for, is you're paying for that, incurring that business risk. If I just want to own the commodity itself, then maybe I would lean toward owning the uh, the USO uh, and just invest in that portfolio. But again, there's a certain currency risk. Also, for me, there would be a little bit of currency risk. Obviously, for, for my American friends, that doesn't come into play in here at all. So... Really, what the decision I came up with was, I'm thinking, I think there's a lot of overhead here that you kind of have to to buy just to own. Really, what you're owning is a couple of stocks, and so what the decision I ultimately uh, I think I made was um, is I decided I don't think I'm going to buy any of these. Essentially, I decided not to buy any of these, and what I was going to do instead was do a little bit more due diligence on these individual companies and see maybe uh, instead of owning these ETFs to actually own the individual stocks itself. So that would be my, um, that's the next thing I'm planning to do is just to do a little bit more of a deep dive into these companies and to see which ones are actually better run, better manage, and offer a, a, a better valuation. So it's interesting. This is the first time I've done uh, this type of analysis where I ended up uh, choosing none of them, none of the above. So, and that's that's kind of interesting. And that's kind of the nature of the game with investing. Sometimes you're going to do a lot of due diligence, and at the end of the day, you come out of it and go, you know what? I thought that those were interesting potential investment opportunities but you know what now that i've done this kind of little deep dive here nah, not so much and guess what that happens a lot in, in investing so that's been my that's my analysis of uh energy some energy etfs if you're interested you can go onto my website sageinvestors.ca i do some other i've done some other videos and podcasts where i do the similar type of analysis and on individual stocks and also other etfs so you can check me out through there so thanks so much for listening in for watching in uh my name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors and we'll catch you again another time take care bye bye